Cool. Okay, the mic is right. The headset is on. Echo is cancelled. Echo is cancelled. Who else is cancelled? (laughs) (laughs) In the times of brick phones, tamagotchis, and curtain bangs, the 90s kids cried out for a badass. She was Xena, the warrior princess. The kicks, the moves, the nostalgia, the queerness. Xena made us gay. Alright. Hello, hello, hello. I'm Chris. Hi, I'm Alice. And this is Xena Made Me Gay. Woohoo! <laughs> Welcome, everyone. So, as always, we start with uh, a slightly unrelated question to the particular episode that we're going to be discussing later. And we've talked about what relatively famous people have appeared on Xena before. And there's going to be one in this episode. Exciting. (laughs) But who do you wish got to appear in Xena out of people that didn't? Um, So is the question about um, what famous actors I wish um, appeared in Xena in their younger years? Or uh, when, when, when you first asked, I was thinking maybe who of the legendary heroes and historical figures no the first one okay then i need to think a little bit about it so you start Uh, i also need to think about i did not i did not prepare (laughs) any kind of answer (laughs) for that um I also kind of have to think a little bit like back to the 90s who are who are the 90s stars that (laughs) that would have been interesting in the series Mm um I mean they would never have been able to do that but I would have loved Arnie as some uh side character somewhere uh some warlord hunk (laughs) warlord hunk or like um hercules's uh best friend or like i don't know uh protege something you know Uh, some 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 himbo type (laughs) yeah and we could have passed his accent as persian or something oh god (laughs) no (laughs) um oh or i mean look Everyone knows that timelines don't matter in Xena. He could be no. some like Germanic tribesman, you know. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, actually Conan yeah. the Barbarian. Hello. Sure. <laughs> Why not? Why the fuck not? I keep thinking of historical figures rather than the actors. I'm very bad at remembering '90s actors. How about I say the historical figure and you would suggest who might have played that figure fine (laughs) so i was thinking that uh in relation to the episode that we're about to discuss 
it would be cool if we met Sappho herself. She does appear, I think. Yeah. Oh, she does. Well, oh no, a, a poem I by don't... Sappho appears. I yeah, think. yeah, but it would have it would be cool to meet her, like, and I mean, keeping on with the lesbian theme, right? Yeah. Why not a writer? Yeah. Oh, yes, yes, I can see that. Um, Should be a cool Sappho, I think. Mm-hmm. Also, we got to meet um, Helen of Troy, but we didn't get to meet Achilles and Patroclus. And that's one of the most prominent gay stories in classical literature. And I think True. that gay male couples are severely underrepresented in the show. So I would like to see that. Yeah, it's very hard for me to to think about casting Achilles without thinking of... Uh, Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt. <laughs> <laughs> A baby Brad Pitt as Achilles. <laughs> first oh. appearance. Um, I mean, look, Ryan Gosling did it. Yeah. <laughs> so why not? And who was Patroclus in that movie? I don't remember. Uh, Jared Leto for Patroclus. My, my, my oh, favorite. no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's horrible. I'm glad they didn't do it. <laughs> All right. This is editing Alice. Jared Leto, in fact, did not play Patroclus in 2004 Troy movie. It was Garrett Hedlund. But Jared Leto played Hephaestion, a lover of Alexander the Great in the movie Alexander. And Alexander was played by Colin Farrell. So it all comes together in the end. Anyone else? Um, I know it's a hard question to, to just spring on to you like that. I'm, I'm struggling with it myself. It is difficult, but it is interesting. Okay, I'm, I'm just, I'm throwing all boundaries uh, to the side, and I, I just, I just am thinking of my dream cast uh, right now. Um, I would want Hugh Grant. Oh uh, my god! <laughs> to play uh, Catullus, like a young Roman poet. I want a young, oh. nervous, uh, intellectual type. Hugh Grant to be this emo Roman poet that <laughs> Zena and Gabriel meet. <laughs> sure, sure, that would be interesting. Uh, oh, um, I was thinking like they're filming in in New Zealand, so Kiwis are more likely to appear than non Kiwis. Right. And, I, and I was thinking Taika Waititi. Ooh, uh, nice. Also, like in his younger days, would be would be cool again, especially given that Zena is so big on race blind casting. He could he could be basically anyone. Yeah, yeah, some very charismatic character, maybe like a love interest of Zena in the uh, past days. Yeah, yeah, could be that. Given her mo more recent roles, uh, Melanie Linsky as. Uh, some like reluctant warrior woman would also be cool. Yeah, I, I could see that. And she had such a good girl energy about her in the 90s in the rom-coms well, that was you playing say the that. best she, friends. She literally starred in Heavenly Creatures as a, as a teen. That, that's not 
that's true but like that (laughs) that's that's the indie part of her career and then when she kind of moved on to hollywood she was playing like it was kind of unfortunate like a series of roles of like best friends of the main characters because i would assume that like by crazy hollywood standards she's considered not classically pretty yeah not thin enough maybe not thin enough yeah Mm -hmm. um but yeah, I'm I'm glad that she's getting cool roles now. Yeah, yeah. But I I feel like she could have been she could have been fun also. Yeah, also like maybe one of the Amazons or some warrior women down the line. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Hmm. So do you want to switch to discussing the Amazons actually? <laughs> Yes, yes. So today we're going to be talking about episode 10 of season one, and it's called Hooves and Harlots. Hmm. So we get, yeah, we, we get a slightly more ambiguous title this time. Um, I, for one, did not, I remembered the episode, but I did not realize that this was the episode from the title. Hmm. Interesting. But uh, it's also one of those fairly um, rare episodes, I think, where the title of the episodes is spoken in the episode itself, which Hmm. has not been the case uh, a lot. Like, nobody says Sins of the Past, nobody says Dreamworker, nobody says Cradle of Hope. But uh, here there is a character that I think like two or three times says Hooves and Carlets. Huh. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I love it when it happens in the books, when there is a title in the book and some character says it uh, in the book itself. So I'm into that. Um, there's the one one of uh, thousands of memes with Leonardo DiCaprio. There's a meme with him pointing at the screen from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And uh, I always think of that meme whenever the title is mentioned in the movie or in the TV series. (laughs) All right. So we open the episode with some spooky music that like after just a few seconds, I don't know, five seconds turns Mm -hmm. into you're about to see a fun bit music. (laughs) Um, It's it's quite a sudden transition. (laughs) I don't know why they decided to, um, you know, trick us into thinking that it's going to be spooky and then it it wasn't um anyway the the bit that we see is uh gabrielle walking in with a staff and asking xena's opinion and xena's like it's lovely (laughs) (laughs) in the most deadpan tone imaginable um she asks uh, gabrielle to take a look at it and then shows off her really cool martial arts skills by like twirling it around super quickly and uh menacingly and understandably gabrielle is impressed and slightly annoyed by how good xena is yeah i love this little rivalries between gabby and xena i think it's more prominent in the first few seasons um then things get a little bit more serious with them and I love the foreshadowing of Gabby's weapon of choice here. Yeah, generally this episode is going to be quite good at uh, planting and payoff with uh, a few objects and topics. 
that's true but also i think it's like one of the most important episodes in gabrielle's story arc period like all out of mm. the whole series which yeah it's it's a it's a pretty important episode yes so um they're walking through the forest and xena tells us that they're entering amazon country <laughs> and do you know what it means do you do you <laughs> this is the most lesbian episode so far Woo! yes <laughs> oh my god we've been enduring heterosexuality for nine episodes <laughs> our lives have been tough mm -hmm. we have suffered but we have persevered and now episode 10 patience <laughs> and our faith have been rewarded and we get an episode set in amazon country Woohoo! um i hate to burst your bubble but there is gonna be a tiny bit of a heterosexual attraction in this episode but i'm glad you're happy and most of it is going to be sapphic love speaking of sappho in this episode there is going to be a hint of something that comes in later episodes i, I don't think how you can choose to ignore it for now yeah like honestly i didn't i didn't see it <laughs> so as soon as Cena um hears some commotion around her and she sees some arrows flying not at them but close to them she immediately knows what to do she takes out her sword plunges it into the ground and clasps her hands above her head telling gabrielle to do the same yeah and apparently this is an amazon symbol for peace and it's cool that xena knows it it might have been helpful to tell it to show it to Gabrielle in advance. But of course, Zina is not about chatter or exposition. She She's about acting in the moment. Yeah, yeah, very much so. So they're immediately surrounded by a group of Amazons in <laughs> extremely sexy ancient Greek armor and these like purple creature masks with feathers um, on on their heads very stylish i might say yeah and when i say sexy armor <laughs> <laughs> there is so much boob <laughs> yep <laughs> there's a part of me that is like oh no more unnecessary sex sexualization of women and there is also a part of me that's like <laughs> Oh, hello. <laughs> Bring it on. <laughs> I I want to be mad at it, but there is a part of me that isn't. <laughs> anyway, what one of the Amazons, uh, a redhead, takes off her mask and does some exposition, uh, telling us that Zena knows the Amazon peace sign, but she's not one of them. Then she looks at Gabrielle and is like, and you're really not one of us. I'm I'm here for this mean girl Amazon vibe. <laughs> uh, 
and um, Gabrielle is super cute and says, hey, don't judge a scroll by its paper. <laughs> nice transition to ancient times here with the proverb. Yeah, they also do it later in the episode with a different saying. And in that case, it just doesn't make sense to change that saying. Like here, okay, books are not a thing yet. It makes sense to replace a book with a scroll. Totally fine. But then later, they replace the the phrase about something that walks like a duck and talks like a duck <laughs> with uh, moves like a hydra and talks like a hydra. But like, there are still ducks around. Yes, and I'm not even sure that hydras talk. So yeah, the... The screenwriters were just having some fun around it. Yeah, yeah. I think they had maybe a workshop where they were like, "Oh, oh, and let's let's workshop some some contemporary idioms and how they would be different in ancient Greece." And they just came up with a with a whole list, and they're like, "Well, now we have this list. Let's let's use it somehow. Let's utilize it." Yeah, yeah. For for some reason, corporate speak that definitely exists in the ancient times, but idioms about walking like a duck. Nope, nope, that's too contemporary for them. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> the Amazons are like, we're not sure you're allowed here. You're walking on our hunting grounds. And they say that they're going to take them to the queen. And Gabrielle is super excited, but as excited as any fresh sapphic would be by meeting <laughs> a head lesbian. Uh, I can totally get her. But I also really like the instant spark between Tereus, that's the redhead Amazon, uh, and Gabrielle, because Tereus says, you're really not one of us, more in a teasing way, and laughs at Gabby's joke about the not judging the scroll by its paper. And I think that she laughs a couple of times at Gabby's joke. So there's something there. Sad mm. that it's going to end soon. Unfortunately, yeah. Because they, they keep talking, and so as they walk uh, back towards the, the Amazon village, Gabrielle says that she always wanted to learn arts and sciences and cunnilingus and um, <laughs> the sexy uh, redhead Amazon, uh, Therese, uh says, uh, oh yeah, we educate our children. Come to the dark side. We have scissoring. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Gabrielle then jokes about... Um, her potential future husband and gets such a glare from Therese that she has to immediately explain that she doesn't have a husband. She's not planning to get a husband. It's all a joke. Don't, 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 don't freak don't out. Don't come at me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But again, the way they talk and the way Therese uh, explains the rules of feminism to Gabby, you can clearly tell that there is a romantic comedy about to happen between those two. I really Aww. dig it. Yeah. And then there's another Amazon, uh, a blonde, uh, curly-haired one, who keeps staring at Xena. And Xena doesn't appreciate the unwanted attention. Yeah. Xena says, stop staring at me before I take your eyes out. And it's really hot, as always, when Xena does that. I love it when Xena is being this captured bear type. So, like, yes you're leading me somewhere but only because i let you and we can clearly see that even without her sword xena can take all of them yeah yeah for sure 
Suddenly the group gets attacked by a bunch of arrows and Gabrielle tries to shield Tereus, but still somehow the arrows miss Gabrielle and one of them hits the Amazon. And Tereus lies there in Gabrielle's arms and says, only a lesbian would do this for another lesbian. Sorry, sorry. She says, oh, only an Amazon would do that for another Amazon. Um, and Therese also asks Gabrielle to take her right of cast and immediately dies. Yeah, actually, a minor correction. Um, Amazon retreat to the trees. That's how they hide. So they kind of have those hooks that they shoot out in the trees and they go to the treetops. But Therese is hit while she's doing that and she falls on the ground. So basically, while Gabrielle is shielding Therese, she is already wounded. And uh, yeah, that one arrow is enough to kill her. So no romantic comedy for us here. But on the other hand, we know who are the main characters of the real love story that we want to follow. Indeed, indeed. So we reached the Amazon village and we see even more sexily clad ladies, uh, even more scantily cl clad ladies as well, dancing <laughs> some kind of a tribal dance in a circle. And then in another corner, masked women in armor, so looking very similar to the Amazons that we've seen already, practice fighting with uh, short staffs. Then the body of Tereus is carried in and um, a lady who we immediately understand is the Amazon queen walks up to it and breaks an arrow on top of the body. She also takes off her mask and we all swoon from how hot she is. Oh my God, that hair alone. Ugh. Oh yeah. <laughs> so beautiful. Um, Gabrielle asks Zena what's going on and is told that the Amazons are about to send Tereus to Artemis, who she specifically calls the moon goddess. Yeah. Yeah, that's a nice detail. But it's interesting to me that clearly it's some sort of a funeral ritual, but that still involves the Amazon queen fighting someone right before her sister's body is brought out. So I guess they just wanted to show that Amazon culture is all about fighting and it also is going to get a payoff uh, later on in the episode mm -hmm. yeah but i thought it was weird that they referred to artemis as the moon goddess because i feel like she only that's only part of who she is and actually that's kind of a later addition to artemis's um description mm. the later addition doesn't surprise me because the timeline is all over the place um but i kind of liked that they did that because as far as i know and i'm not familiar with a lot of authentic uh scripts from the time but when historians are talking about oh and then they made a sacrifice to such and such ancient god they rarely call gods by their names they always use nicknames so hmm. i think that that was accurate so the queen walks up to Zena and Gabrielle and thanks them for trying to save her sister. She grants them safe passage, but also urges them to hurry as they are about to be at war. Mm -hmm. 
Gabrielle, who's so excited to be in lesbian <laughs> heaven, is also super stoked that there's going to be a war and asks, who's going to be with? Oh, my God. <laughs> Gabrielle is just having a time of her life in this episode. She really, really is. Um, but then we hear some commotion and first we hear some guys struggle and call one of the Amazons a witch. And then we see him brought in, tied up, and it's a centaur! Yep. Um, Zena is not thrilled to see him, tells Gabrielle that centaurs are not friends of hers. Mm-hmm. The Amazon queen knows his name, which surprises him, and she punches him in the face. Right on. But um, again, I want to pause here and praise the showrunner's on how great the centaurs look. I guess it's not that hard to combine two images, but before we've seen some very questionable CGI in Prometheus, for example, and here the centaurs look actually quite good. I would say that they look great. And when they lead out this captured centaur, we see that his front hooves are chained together. Um, Mm -hmm. I guess so he would be able to run away. Right, yeah. I would say when we see the centaurs um, shown like the, with their full body, it looks slightly dodgy. But they found a really, really good solution to um, showing them to us like r- until right below their waist. So we, we do see some of the like, horse-like part of the body but not the the legs and and there it looks great and and the way that they move is also super convincing i feel like when they have to do like the full cgi thing of of showing the the entire body move it it looks like slightly funny but um the the slightly close closer look is is good yeah yeah the way they move is actually really great i think that they did a great job of just making sure that we would understand that the bottom part of this character is a horse. Like uh, we can hear their hooves, we can see um, the movement, how a horse would move, and uh, how it would reflect like the top party that is a human. So yeah, I, I would say good job on that. Yeah. So Zena inquires what the beef between the centaurs and and the Amazons is, and the queen tells us that. There is a village of centaurs and men. It's an interesting choice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> nearby, like, okay. <laughs> I mean, whatever works for them, right? Um, and those centaurs and men uh, nearby uh-huh. are infringing on the Amazon hunting grounds. And Zine explains to Gabrielle that she fought the centaurs back in her conqueror days, but never defeated them. They they had a standstill for some time. She then tells Gabrielle to wait and goes in to talk to the centaur. Yeah, and while she does, I want to once again uh, come back to the phrase centaurs and men. So what do you think it means? It means that men are in charge or it's just a 
just we are entered we're, we're fully entered the lgbtq round and like there is a lesbian village and a gay village and they're fighting for some reason yeah i i don't know it it does very much sound like that because from what we see all of the amazons are women and all of the centaurs are men Hence, yeah. <laughs> gay? Question <laughs> mark. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't be mad at that. But then uh, the next question is, how do they procreate? Like, I've heard a myth somewhere. I actually don't remember from where it was. Maybe it's some shitty TV show that the Amazons actually captured men, chained them up, had sex with them, and then released them um after they've conceived and like if it's a girl they're keeping the girl and if it's a boy they're just like like pushing it down the stream moses style or like something like that so yeah i don't know what what do you think this tribe uses to kind of increase the number of amazons besides uh making offers to gabrielle and such girls Yeah, I mean that that sounds about right to me this the system that you described where, you know, someone's like, I feel like procreating and they're like, Oh cool, go find yourself a donor. And <laughs> uh, you know. I I assume tying up the guy is not even necessary. Like I guess look at yeah. these women. Yeah. People are willingly <laughs> donating all kinds of bits. <laughs> Oh my god. And then they're like, okay, cool, bye. Or maybe they kill him. What happens afterwards, I think, is is also not necessarily a a big issue. What I want to (laughs) know is how centaurs procreate. Like, have we... Do we know how how that happens? Because, like, logistically, I'm just... Yeah. How does that work? And, like... (laughs) um, Spoiler alert, uh, that's why I'm talking about the hetero lion here. Uh, the blonde, grumpy Amazon is going to have a romance with a centaur. Oh, yeah, right. And she's oh. going to have a kid with him. So oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't want to think about how it happens. It seems quite painful when i think about it oh my god whoa that's <laughs> that's intense yep um well dear listener <laughs> we will provide you more of uh, exciting imagery <laughs> in the episodes to come <laughs> stay tuned oh yeah Anyway, so um, this this lucky blonde Amazon <laughs> that, uh, from what we understand, has not yet had sex with a horse, approaches <laughs> Gabrielle and reminds us and her of this rite of caste thing that uh, Therese bestowed on Gabrielle. Yeah, and as soon as she says that, Gabby glances at the funeral fire of Therese And we can see the inner lesbian awakening. She's like, yep, that's my destiny. And I want to go there. <laughs> to burn in a fire. <laughs> <laughs> Not to go in the fire. 
to experience the fiery pleasures of Amazon uh, life. Uh, oh, oh, right, right, right. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, meanwhile, Zena is talking to the centaur and she asks him about whether he killed Tereus. And he kind of dodges the question. For no apparent reason, actually. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he's just like generally not in the mood to talk. Uh, mm. Doesn't think that um, anyone should be allowed to talk to him. Whatever. <laughs> and Zena's like, you got captured so easily. Like, centaurs aren't that stupid normally. And the centaur's like, well, the Amazons don't ask so many questions usually. And Zena's like, well, I'm not an Amazon. To which the centaur responds, if it talks like a hydra and moves like a hydra, it's a hydra. <laughs> so dumb. Yep. Yep. Uh, um, but yeah, it's an iconic phrase. I kind of oh love God. it. <laughs> so meanwhile, we see the Amazon queen talk to some warlord who says that he's not going to interfere in the war. And she's like, sure, whatever. That works for me. Yeah, sure. Also... Um, I might add that the warlord has the weirdest beard shape that I've seen so far. It puts Eris's goatee to shame. It's sort of like a badly designed triangle lightning logo on the very tip of his chin. It just screams, I'm a douche. And of course he is. Yeah, it's the weirdest soul patch you will ever see. <laughs> I, I kept staring at it the entire episode, like yeah. trying to figure out what is happening. Like, is it a sticker? Uh, <laughs> did, did, does he dye it somehow? Because it's also a weird color. Like, it's slightly bluish. I, I, don't, I don't know what's happening there. I don't know where he gets it done. I don't know how much work it is to keep it up. It's, it's a mystery. And I don't think we'll get an answer to this. I guess really, one of the really important question. Yeah, I guess one of the answers would be that the costuming department just looked at him and like, he's not douchey enough. Let's just add something to his costume. But might I say that the dude has a very smug, unpleasant face, a rat tail, and some very questionable clothing. So they really didn't need to add that detail to show us that we really should not like this character <laughs> yeah um so xena walks in right as he's walking out and asks the queen not to go forward with this war i love how xena has been aware of what the fuck is even happening for at most five minutes yep. and now she tells people what to do about it she's like she tells the amazon queen what to do about got it, it. yeah I figured everything out. Hey, you queen, you do this. Don't do that. Like, this is the level of confidence from a woman. I am glad I got to see as a kid. Oh, yeah. It just, it just incredible. Um, that being said, the queen is not as impressed as I am. And she's uh, still very set on executing the centaur. And she also mentions that many Amazons actually believe that Xena is basically an Amazon herself. 
Yeah, and it basically goes like this. A woman leading an army killing a bunch of men. Awesome! Like, most of the characters are kind of mad at Xena uh, about being this murderous warlord that killed people front and center. But I guess Amazons are okay with it because most of the people she killed were men. So, it's fine. Girl power! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um... Xena decides to go to the captured centaur's dad, who she knows because that's who she fought back in her day. And she tells Gabrielle to stay with the Amazons as it's the safest place for her. And Gabrielle gets told that she's now an Amazon princess. Yay! Roll credits. Um, I'm sure the screenwriters were very pleased with themselves because Xena is a warrior princess. No one knows why, but she apparently is and gabby is now an amazon princess um and i love how the grumpy blonde girl is thrilled quote unquote that now she gets to be gabby's teacher slash babysitter yeah yeah she's in quite a mood for the majority of this episode i think it's just it's just her she's she's just it's just her personality (laughs) yeah yeah I, i guess so um so meanwhile, as Zena is going towards um, the the centaur dad, she gets attacked by a bunch of centaurs and one human guy, and they're about to shoot her when the the dad, or I guess I don't know, king centaur, the centaur king, um, I guess question mark, rides in and he tells them to to hold the fire. They also notice that one of the centaurs is injured and can't breathe. (laughs) As you remember from the previous episodes, Xena is the best medic in the universe. And so she tells the centaur king that the injured centaur will die if she doesn't help him. And the king is like, okay, but if he dies, you do too. But hey, none of us are worried because he doesn't know that Xena's success rate is above 100%. Um, But things get even better because she walks up to the injured centaur. She punches him in his ribs, which, and I quote, blocks off the nerves in his chest. Love that. (laughs) Zena then takes a really fancy looking dagger from the human guy and jams it between the centaur's ribs (laughs) not only does this not kill the centaur oh no Zena cuts him open so that she can put (laughs) her entire hand into the hole yeah she even takes off a part of her armor to do so she's like oh i need to be up my elbow in there let me take this thing off oh my god she 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 puts it in the hole she she feels around she determines that a rib is pressing against the lung and she pushes on the rib so that it gets back in its spot. Honestly, everyone, 
21st century medicine has nothing, nothing on this woman. That's true. It's incredible what she can do. With the her dude bare is hands. Fine. With her bare hands, the dude is fine. They patch him up. And he will probably live even longer just because uh, he had the the pleasure and the privilege to, to be treated <laughs> by by this genius of medicine. She while she was at it, she fixed his heart. She kind of dusted around his lungs. Like it's it's, it's going to be fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, and by the way, the guy who plays. This lucky centaur is none other than Anthony Starr. Aww. I didn't even recognize him because because we only see his face quite kind of from afar, Side, and sideways, yeah, sideways. It's it's not he's not recognizable almost at all um, in this. But I I noticed his name in the credits uh, and was like Anthony Starr was in this episode, and yeah, that's that's him. It's, it's one of his first ever credited roles. Aww. The baby center is going to grow up and become the psychopath superhero that we know and love. How nice. Um, I'm also amazed. Uh, the thing that we mentioned at the beginning of the episode, I'm also amazed about how many awesome actors got their start on Xena slash Hercules series. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of, um, a lot of crew also. Mm-hmm. So meanwhile, Gabrielle is being given Therese's clothes uh, because now all of Therese's possessions are hers now. And the grumpy blonde Amazon walks in and tells Gabrielle to come with her. And Gabrielle isn't having any of that impoliteness. She's like, no, 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 no. Phrase it. Phrase it nicely. <laughs> and the, the blonde Amazon asks again, more politely this time. And Gabrielle's like, okay, okay, that's better. <laughs> so sassy wow yep. um so the the amazon tells gabrielle that every amazon is taught to use weapons from an early age i think she says from birth um mm -hmm. sure yeah why not yeah and gabrielle is told to choose a weapon she looks at the options she says no to swords she says no to bows and arrows, but then she sees a fighting staff and it's like, oh yeah, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, I actually also think that's a great weapon of choice for Gabrielle, uh, since it's a big deal that she doesn't kill anyone. I remember that in later seasons, I think maybe in season five, she fights with two daggers. Size. Yeah. Size, yeah. Those sharp daggery things, but they also have those thick handles that you can use to knock out your enemies if you would rather do that than stab them to death. So yeah, that's a consistent thing for Gabrielle. Xena, meanwhile, is talking to the centaur king and tries to convince him not to go forward with war, same as she tried with the Amazon queen and same as the Amazon queen. He's like, well, I don't want the war, but at this point it kind of has to happen. You know, my hands are tied. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the old we had no choice argument. I, you gotta love that. And it's funny mm -hmm. how Xena Warrior Princess is a very literal show and they're not really subtle with their messaging, but the show gets it 100% accurate with this satire on the world leaders starting wars because every time they're like, well, yeah, well, 
that's not my intention, of course, but the war is inevitable at this point, right? Mm-hmm. Sure thing. Yep. So we see Gabrielle try to learn to use the fighting staff, and she's struggling a little bit with remembering the moves, uh, but not not feeling down on, her, on herself. She's like, it's okay, I'll try again, I'll try again. The blonde Amazon comes up and asks about the progress that's being made, and Gabrielle's like, well, when it's working, it's kind of fun. <laughs> Gabrielle is just in such a good mood all the time in this episode. <laughs> Absolutely living. Um, the blonde Amazon is outraged by the answer. Like, how dare you have fun? How dare you have fun? <laughs> let me let me ruin your fun now by teaching you how to kill centaurs. And that will prove to you that using a fighting staff isn't fun. Uh, sure. Yeah. Yep. And I'm sorry to tell you all that that's her future husband there. Oh no! Oh, I forgot that part. Yep. I just... That's so wrong. <laughs> it it does seem wrong. Especially <gasps> given the fact that she lives among other supermodel Amazons. But, oh well. Some people just have very weird tastes. And I'm not talking about centers. I'm talking about men. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, girl. Um... Then we see Xena walk through the forest at night when she's suddenly attacked by this blonde Amazon, kind of for no reason. Um, yeah, she easily defeats her, obviously. And then a centaur appears out of nowhere and is about to shoot the blonde Amazon. Xena jumps on top of him. And uh, then the Amazon tries to kill him by shooting him with a bow and arrow, but... Xena catches the arrow with her bare hand right in front of the centaur because... As she does. As she always does. We, we remember that uh, <laughs> back in the day, she and a few other villains attended that uh, Catching Arrows with Your Bare Hands workshop at one of the <laughs> evil party conferences. Um, and she keeps applying that skill. Good for her. <laughs> so the centaur then tries to attack both Xena and the Amazon as they retreat. And they hide from him in the trees. While in the tree, Xena's like, what the fuck, girl? Why were you following me? She, she should also ask about why you attacked me. But that conversation doesn't happen. So she just asks why uh, the Amazon was following her. And the Amazon is like, well, I wasn't following you. I was just investigating the crime scene. Because this is where Tereus was killed. I just, look, I don't, I don't get it. It. I guess the, the Amazon thought that there was like enough light to do the investigating, but she couldn't even make out who the person that she was attacking was. Yeah, the blonde Amazon is not the sharpest philosophy and literature learning pencil in the box. Xena's like, well, whatever. In, in, in any case, I've already figured everything out. Um, Xena's like, it clearly was the warlord who we saw talk to the Amazon queen earlier, who killed Tereus because he's the one who's going to profit from the war. I figured it out. Yeah, I mean, I could have told Amazons that just judging from his ridiculous beard. So Xena then goes to the crime scene and is like, hey, look, yes, here's the proof. It's, it's here. 
And the blonde Amazon's like, oh yeah, duh, there's lots of manure here and has hay in it and centaurs don't eat hay. And she actually picks up the manure Ew. with her hand. Yeah, exactly. Ew. <laughs> but like, she's just like, oh yes, look at it. Like, touches it, sniffs it, flicks it, whatever. Zena um, <laughs> <laughs> is like, no, actually, I meant that there are clearly hoof prints everywhere and they're too uniform and centaurs actually carry their weight on their front hooves and these are too uniform, so it must have been a horse. And the blonde Amazon is like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah sure, yeah, that too. But honestly, I'm with the Amazon here. Like, how the fuck can Xena tell how much weight was on which hooves in the middle of the night the prints are all over the place. I, I guess the answer is because she's Zena. Yeah, that's what I thought at first. But now I think that maybe Zena is just showing off. Sometimes she also has this thing about her. Like, oh, I'm just going to show everyone how great I am. So she just made up the story with the centers carrying their weight on their front hooves. Because, yeah, that's, that seems ridiculous. It's, it's very stupid, yeah. <clears throat> So meanwhile, in the Amazon village, there's some dancing and Gabriella is vibing, but then she's told to join in with the dancing. She's very resistant. She, she <laughs> says that she has two backwards facing left feet. Aww. And also that she was asked not to participate in the crop festival that her village dances because she was so awful, she brought bad harvest. <laughs> I love that detail. That's great. That's really, really cute. <laughs> um, so at first, Gabrielle gives us, you know, first time in a lesbian nightclub uh, kind of vibe, but she quite quickly gets very into it, so much so that when the Amazon queen arrives and everyone falls to the ground to bow before her, Gabrielle just keeps on dancing for a bit, not noticing that anything's changed. I really love this scene. I also love Gabby getting into the group of club dancing here and not being awkward anymore. And I think it also is going to be mentioned or featured in future episodes because um, I think there's the whole episode about dancing and we see Gabrielle constantly dancing there. Like it's one of her beloved hobbies. So yeah, she got over her fear of uh, lesbian nightclubs oh good for her yeah <laughs> so the queen then brings gabrielle to the front gives her to raise a sword da, da, da. <laughs> yeah and tells gabrielle that gabrielle will be the one executing the centaur the next day with that very sword and if gabrielle refuses that will be actually treason and she will be killed herself Nice. So it's not the first time in the first 10 episodes that Gabrielle is put in this kill or be killed situation, but she has managed to get out of it before. And I feel like there's no reason to worry this time either. Yeah, but it's harsh. Uh, I get it that Amazons have very extremely violent culture, but it seems a little much of like, oh, you should kill this guy oh you don't want to then we're gonna kill you um but also at this point the camera pans over other amazons and we notice how fucking gorgeous they are 
like it, it truly every extra here is a model giving Linda Evangelista and Amber Valletta and other 90s models a run for their money. So I guess it's canon that in lesbian land, every woman is extremely hot. So take it. Yeah, yeah. I think it's also a little bit in line with um, with L word. <laughs> yeah. Where, um, yeah, the the way that the lesbian community is imagined is like, everyone is so gorgeous and so femme. Look, there's nothing to be afraid of. <laughs> yeah, but also in L world, they take it a step further and they're like, actually, every single woman in the world is a lesbian, which is like, also not a bad thought. But for me, it was a little bit like, okay, okay I, I, her too. Oh, yeah, okay, sure, sure, of course. Infidel. um yeah but i think the the military culture thing makes sense because like that's in line with how real human military military cultures work like you're not allowed to step out of the line in any way certainly not by disobeying orders not in a million years we then see that Xena visits the warlord and she kind of sort of tells him that she knows it's him who arranged the murder of the of Tereus. And Xena also notices the guy's funky shaped dagger, which looks exactly like the one that she borrowed from this uh, random human dude when performing surgery on Anthony Starr earlier in the episode. So this is again really nice planting and payoff like we our attention was brought to that dagger at the at that moment uh, not necessarily as like hey look this is an important thing that will be relevant later it just it, it is a funny looking dagger and and xena looks at it and was like oh cool and then proceeds with inserting half of her body into this uh, poor centaur's <laughs> lungs um <laughs> but here we we're told, ha, remember this thing you paid attention to? That was for nothing, which is cool. In this episode, things are mainly tied off pretty nicely. Like, there are a lot of lines, actually, that we need to follow, but it's easy for us to grasp because they're all connected. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, as Zina is talking to the warlord, the blonde Amazon sneaks into another tent in the camp, and she finds centaur arrows there. But then um, she's noticed by the warlord's army and Xena uh, and her have to run away, but they manage to escape. Yeah, I like how Xena's talk with the warlord is basically interrupted by the blonde Amazon who basically throws one of the warlord's guards into his tent. And then Xena looks at her in disapproval, like, the fuck are you doing? I was having a conversation here and she just shrugs like, oh. I don't know. That's that's my style. Oh. So in the morning, uh, the captured centaur is taken out to be executed by Gabrielle. And clearly she doesn't want to do it. She keeps kind of stalling until, of course, as we all expected, Xena and the blonde Amazon appear and tell everyone that the centaur is not the killer. Um, Xena <laughs> then notices Gabrielle's outfit. She's like, What's this now? And Gabrielle's like, oh, giddy. Oh, I'm an Amazon princess now. (laughs) And Xena, again, in her most deadpan voice is like, 
great. <laughs> I love it. I love it too. The dry humor on Xena in this episode is epic. Yeah. It's it's a bit of an asshole way for Xena to treat Gabrielle, but it's it's stronger than me. I can't not enjoy it. No, no. That's that's also again, that's her style. Yeah. So Zena gives a pouch to Gabrielle and she says, the proof is in here. Um, Gabrielle takes out uh, the horse manure from the pouch and looks at it and she's trying to figure out what it is. And then Zena explains that centaur don't eat hay and, that, and that's why uh, the, the manure has hay in it. And it hits Gabrielle what she's holding and she drops it in disgust. And why <laughs> everyone else was so chill about handling manure with their bare hands like absolutely beats me. I have no idea. Uh, because Gabby is the only lipstick lesbian there and everyone else, Xena, the blonde Amazon, they're very butch and they're not disgusted by those things. They're, they're too tough for that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if, if those <laughs> women are butch. I mean, they're not butch in how they present themselves and how they look, but definitely well, yes, how yes. they handle themselves, right? No, no that's, that's true. That's true. Um, anyway, the queen is like, well, this doesn't prove anything. And she just tells another Amazon to kill the centaur instead. But instead of doing it right away, this other Amazon just dramatically points the sword at the centaur without actually doing anything. And that gives Zena you know, ample opportunity to like think about another thing to do. And uh, she interferes again. This time by demanding the royal challenge. Mm -hmm. And the queen is like, wait, wait, wait. Xena has no right to demand the challenge because she's not of royal Amazon blood. And Xena then makes hilarious eyebrow signals at Gabriel. Yeah. <laughs> for like what feels like forever. Uh, it's really, really well done. Uh, and Gabrielle finally understands and then she demands the challenge herself because she's a princess, yeah. she's alive. And the queen is like, girl, you really want to fight me to the death? And Gabrielle's <laughs> like, um, not really. <laughs> and the queen is like, well, it's too late, LOL. <laughs> um, Gabrielle panics for a moment, but then the blonde Amazon is like, okay, Gabrielle, now you need to choose your weapon or wink, wink, wink your champion. If you want to choose your champion, this is when you would do it. <laughs> and Gabrielle is like, ah, yeah, 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 I, I, I totally, I totally choose uh, Xena as my champion. Yep. <laughs> And the Amazon queen tells Gabrielle and Dina and the blonde Amazon that they will all die if Xena doesn't defeat her. Nice. Nicely yeah. done. Uh, yeah, I really love how the blonde Amazon, uh, let's come out and say her name. Her name is Ethany. Uh, she'll be a prominent character. Uh, she comes around to liking Xena and Gabrielle. Like at the beginning of the episode, she was so hostile to them and now... She still looks really grumpy, but she's like actively helping both of them. I think that that's a cool character trait that sometimes I see in 
real humans in the world that they they're just grumpy all the time and you don't realize that they actually think of you as your best friend but they actually do it's just it's just their face that's Aww. grumpy yeah yeah and uh, Ephany actually gives Xena some very solid tips on on beating the queen she like she likes to hit the knees a lot and she has a blind spot on her like right side left side i don't remember what, what it was um and also gabrielle comes up to xena and it's like come on we need some hand sing signals or something <laughs> after <laughs> the the eyebrow sig signals really not doing their job <laughs> um then it's Xena's turn to choose the weapons, and she chooses Jobos. Mm -hmm. So I got curious, and I did some research, and based on my 10 minutes of research, <laughs> Joes and Bows are actually different things. So they're both Japanese staffs, mm. and Joes are a bit shorter than Bows, but actually neither are as short as the staffs that Xena and the Queen seem to be using during the fight. Like the ones that, that they use in the episode are maybe like 50, 60 centimeter long. Um, but um, Joe's the, the shorter ones that are about 90 centimeters long, uh, which I think is not what, what they're using. Um, fun fact. Anyway, <laughs> um, Xena wins the fight. Uh, but she asks the queen not to fight her to the death because they need each other. And then Xena is actually proclaimed to be the new Amazon queen, which is confusing because wasn't Gabrielle the one issuing the challenge? I don't, I don't know how this works. Anyway, right at that moment, the centaurs arrive and Xena comes to the front as the Amazon leader and the centaur king is like, yeah, I'm not surprised. <laughs> And Xena drops her sword in front of him. And so do all of the other Amazons. Everyone drops their weapons. And Xena explains that there will be no war between centaurs and Amazons. But they will all collectively go and kick the warlord's ass. And Xena also confronts the human guy with a fancy dagger. And he rides away to warn the warlord. Yeah, I knew that the only human dude among the centaurs was the culprit. The centaurs and the Amazons then attack the warlord army. And the centaurs pull chariots and the Amazons ride those instead of directly riding the centaurs. Which I think was a much better solution. I, I didn't remember how they did that. And I was worried for a moment that the Amazons would be like riding the centaurs. And I, and I was like, that that feels wrong somehow. I hope they don't do that. And they, and they don't, which is great. Yeah. Everyone fights, including Gabrielle. And I think that's the first time we see her fight. And Yay. It's, a, it's a big moment for her. Yeah, she, she does well. Uh, she, she uses her, her staff and, and she does a great job. The Xena kills the human guy with the fancy knife, uh, who, as we know, killed Tereus. And the Amazon queen almost kills the warlord, but Xena stops her. And the queen decides that it's better to hold a trial. I don't know why that applied to the warlord and not to the human guy with a knife, but whatever. Yeah, and at this point, I've realized that the guy's beard is actually a face tattoo. Oh. Which is a little better, I guess, than this weirdly shaped beard. But I still don't get why did he 
feel the need to tattoo a random logo on his chin, but whatever. Interesting. I mean, given that we're in New Zealand, face tattoos actually are quite important. I also was thinking about those tattoos that you mentioned. It does not look like anything that I've seen no. from Maori, Maori tribes. So I don't know. Yeah, but that, I don't know, that that actually makes it a little icky to me that, that they decided to make a t- tattoo. I don't know. It, mm. I feel like it's, it's, it's a complicated thing. It's a complicated thing. It's a weird choice. Maybe it's just the actor just had this tattoo for whatever no, no, reason. No, 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 no. It's just some random white guy. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, anyway, it's, it's a weird choice from the costuming department. Yeah. But we're going to forgive it because I, I quite honestly can say that the, this tiny lightning triangle is the weirdest thing about this episode. <laughs> and remembering the previous episode, it's, it's a good thing. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but then we see that all is well in the end. Uh, there's a touching scene of a little Amazon teenager showing her village to the cute curly center girl. Or is it a boy? I don't know, because all centers have long curly hair, so I'm not sure yeah, it could be either. Uh, about the about if it's a boy or a girl, like this kid. But either way, it seems uh, that peace uh has come to those lands again thanks to Zena and Gabrielle yep and uh the blonde Amazon gives Gabrielle her staff and Gabrielle is understandably honored by such a gift because she also uh knows that uh, the staff is a family heirloom and um the blonde Amazon got it from her mother <clears throat> and first she tries to refuse it but she's told that Basically, she she has to take it as a as an Amazon. She can't refuse the, that gift. Yeah. Um, and yes, we we see the Amazon Queen and the Centaur King talk about starting to build this this peaceful relationship together, while um, Zena and Gabrielle literally walk away together into the sunset. Yeah, and as they do, Gabby also makes a joke about both of them being princesses now. And all in all, it's a great ending. I like how we end of a little light joke uh, and not on the, I don't know, epic music and sunset mm. and things like that. So um, having said that, how many chakrams do you give this episode? Um, For me, it's clearly the best episode so far that we've mm-hmm. watched um just because i think there are a few that are so amazing that they will beat a 10 out of 10. i will give this one a 9 out of 10 but it's it's really up there there's barely if any heterosexuality <laughs> they're interesting characters um there's some great planting and payoff. Uh, there's like a couple of small inconsistencies, but nothing, nothing major. And I feel like overall, it's yeah one of the one of the classics. Yes, yes, for sure. And an important episode in Gabrielle's story arc. And I love that they gave enough attention to it. And 
um, it was nicely done. So I agree. I was debating between an eight and a nine also because I just uh, remember much cooler episodes that await us in the future. But I'm going to be generous also and I'm going to give it a nine. Yay! We agree on something. What do you know? Peace is restored between Amazons and centaurs and also between you and I in terms of the number of chakrams that we give. Good. After the last episode's fiasco. <laughs> Everyone gets a cookie. Yes. And you, our dear listener, if you would like to get a cookie, go to your kitchen, open a jar, and drink <laughs> Do something nice for yourself today. You're great. Yay. That's a great ending. Bye. Bye-bye.